are four things you need to know up front. One, while we are talking to you, we're not talking about you. Your specific situation may not apply to our general podcast analysis. Two, the info we're using came from sources we think are reliable, but their accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed, not even by the companies issuing the data. Three, you cannot rely on the past results of any investment for future performance. The past is never exactly repeated, so past results can never predict future performance with any reliability. Four, there are many kinds of risk in any investment, no matter what may or may not be guaranteed. Look closely and consult your investment, legal, and tax advisors for deeper one-on-one discussion and analysis. We're back with our Intro to Investing, part three, the last part. We're going to talk about deal flows and tall silos. Tall silos, a deal flows, I think we can understand. We've talked about deal flow before. What do I mean by a tall silo? Are we storing grain? <laughs> no, but I mean, aren't we supposed to store our money? Yeah, but that's not what I mean by a tall silo. Is, what do you think I mean? Maybe uh, Connor knows. Well, only because I, you did briefly tell me. <laughs> and I'm telling you, it is, but it's like a narrow uh, knowledge path or whatever a narrow knowledge uh, it's very tall knowledge that's tall and you feel like it may spread to other realms but it's so you're not talking tall. about that the fact that you have deep knowledge of what it's like to be a, a pitcher and how to, how to throw the ball how to because how i can to, yeah throw a pitch in any count and feel this confidence on the mound does not mean it translates to you know my uh first ice cream shop on venice right. beach but, but the silo is what you know right uh, just like as Leela is a lawyer, she has a tall silo in the law and me as an MBA in finance and derivatives, I have a very tight, high silo in, in finance and math. Um, that's what I mean by tall silos it is it's like you said, it's a narrow area of knowledge in which we have just tremendous expertise. Now, what happens when you have that? There's some interesting data that's come out. Uh, a lot of accounting firms have studied this and consulting firms. It turns out, you know who the worst people are to run your business? Anybody know? Doctors, Arrogant. celebrities, and lawyers. Arrogant <laughs> well, people. Well, you got, you got, oh, uh, I only heard one correct answer in there, which was lawyers is a correct one. Arrogant people just kind of come across everything. Athletes. Uh, let's not talk about it. Um, maybe, maybe not, but the worst people to run your business typically are lawyers and finance accounting people like me. So people like Leela and me who have this, huge education and expertise in these narrow things. And we come into a business and suddenly we're supposed to run a business that I have to understand operations, and marketing, uh, supply chains, uh, just how the whole plant works. Uh, we typically do a poor job. Why? Because that's not where our muscles are developed. Well, it's okay. Or, can't you learn? Can't you learn? Can't you humble yourself and say, I don't understand marketing? I mean, you can, but I don't know many really experienced lawyers that are humble enough to accept that truth. And I don't know many accountants <laughs> yeah. who are humble enough to accept that. It's, it's that tall, tall silo of knowledge. It's the arrogant spill out. It's a- yeah, you were touching on it, Connor. You got it exactly right. We tend to think that since we're so good at this thing and this other thing sounds kind of close to it, we must be that good at that right. thing too. And you know what makes it even worse? You know what makes it even worse? The first time you do that and it works and now you think you're a genius everywhere, it will destroy you. So tall silos, beware for running a company. When you see a lawyer or or an accountant become the CEO, 
you should do a deeper look to see okay. what other qualifications they have. Now, this doesn't, this isn't just about people who run businesses. This also extends to people who invest in businesses. Do you know who the worst investors are because of their silos of knowledge? Athletes and That's good musicians guess. and uh, musicians is a good one. Yeah, anyone with you know big influx paychecks, you know where they happen quick and shit. I would imagine. Well, sort of. Uh, you, I'll, I'll give it to you. Maybe. I'll give it to you. It's <laughs> it's medical doctors, celebrities, including musicians and athletes. And it's the same reason that Leela and I suffer when it comes to us trying to run a business. Uh, athletes, doctors, celebrities have a very high silo in acting ability, athletic ability, knowing how to heal people. And we, again, we kind of naturally extend that to, well, I can understand what, what Amazon is then, right? Because I use the app, I order the stuff, and I'm a genius. I'm very good at what I do. Turns out, it doesn't extend. I mean, you're saying you can't be a jack of all trades. I'm saying it's the hardest thing to be. That it takes a commitment to wanting to work your weaknesses. And most of us don't like to work our weaknesses, do we? That's uncomfortable. Is it? Uh, yeah, it is. It's uncomfortable. You feel like you're not winning as much. But how does that apply to like me? Like how, why, why, why? You know, like why does it matter if I want to be a jack of all trades or not necessarily? Well, uh, let, let's, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you a story of, of Alex Rodriguez and Mike Tyson. Yeah. And let's use them as examples because here are two people who each made over a quarter of a billion dollars during their careers, $250 million, very different results. Mike Tyson went bankrupt. A-Rod built an umpire big enough that he appears on Shark Tank from time to time. Right. And that's kind of reserved for people who have close to a billion dollars at least, right? What did they do differently? Because I'll tell you for a fact, their investment styles were totally different from each other. I think Mike Tyson had the entourage that kept on saying, hey, I got this business. Can you help me fund it? And he basically shot blindly. He was like, okay, here's some dough. Take it. Ah, their deal flows were very different is what I yeah, think you're saying, Leila. Their deal flows were very different. Mike Tyson's deal flow was coming from his entourage, not really investment advisors or people who understood markets. A-Rod's first investment, I'm pretty sure you won't know what it is, so I'm going to tell you what it was. It's apartment buildings. Do you know why? Nope. Mm -mm. A-Rod grew up of very modest means in Puerto Rico, and they rented, and they moved a lot. And one of the things he noticed and thought, this is a great business. I want to be the guy who collects the rent. I want to be the landlord. So back in the 90s, when A-Rod got his first big paycheck, and thought, okay, I want to put this in real estate. He was lucky enough to have childhood friends who understood this stuff too. And so they started to buy multifamily buildings in Miami back before you could do it through a public stock offering the way we can do it today. And because he had a discipline about buying real estate and buildings in that way, he was able to build an empire to the point where when his last paycheck from the Yankees left, it was replaced by earnings coming off of his core portfolio that wow. he built over the years as opposed to Mike Tyson, who went bankrupt. The difference between them was the way they looked at their deal flows. And just who their deal flows were, definitely. You know, like some of these, these certain types of people in your life. <laughs> well, that's it, because that's, that's where your deal, deal flow, flow yeah, comes from, yeah. right? Uh, and, and some people are able to help qualify your deal flow and make sure it's tight and good. And other people are just going to, you know, it's their best shot, too. It, 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 it's a take-advantage place, you know. So. All I'm saying is it's a hard business. It's a rough business. 
But when we play it with disciplined, good rules, we'll do a lot better. Uh, so deal flow, watch your tall silo when you're looking at your deal flow, because you may not be looking at it with the right pair of glasses. Thanks for listening. Before we go, here's a reminder. You have 30 minutes a month of one-on-one -on -one consulting to discuss your specific situation with us. We recommend you take advantage of that.